0: Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Marcy, for the invitation to be here with you guys today. Let's just take a deep breath now, right? Everybody. I know a lot of you being been kind of uh, planning this special event and organizing everything and getting ready with the kids and this and that, and you want to see something very nice happening here today. And now just relax, okay, just relax, just take a deep breath, you're here now, it's so good to be here with you this afternoon, I'm so glad to be able to be here, and you know it's not my first time coming to this place, it's not my first time coming to Monaghan, because I've been here with my family as missionaries for a long time, and we've been serving this nation for a long time. And actually, I have a picture of my family here for you to see because we've been here and we first arrived in Ireland, just my wife and I, and now it's five of us. So I have Giancarlo, my oldest, he's nearly 16, and then Giovanna, who is 14, and Annalise, who is 12, and they're all Irish now because they were born here. They've never been in Brazil. Mom and dad are from Brazil, and they've never been there unless I me mean, just visiting, but they've never lived in the nation of Brazil, and Ireland is reality for them. So it's great because, you know, I've been traveling around Ireland for many years. And the ministry that I've been involved in, uh, for some of you, you might have seen the big red bus, and our pictures of the ministry coming up now. Uh, The Big Red Bus, it's a double-decker bus that we travel around Ireland preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to the people of Ireland. And we've been here in Monaghan many times with the bus. I've been doing performances in schools as well with puppets, with drama, using different creative ways to communicate the truth of the gospel. We've been doing discipleship and training, helping people getting closer to the Lord. Been spending many, many, many years in this land. And Lord, the Lord has given us opportunities, have opened up doors. We've been in schools, we've been in community centers, we've been in many churches. We've been dealing with so many people who never heard the gospel the way we're presenting to them so clearly. But Ireland, we never thought about Ireland. And here's a little picture of this nation Ireland, this. Tiny little island in the middle of nowhere. And it was not our plan and our intention to be in this country ever. My wife and I were already preparing to be missionaries in another work, in another place. And everything felt true. And a long story, make it short, we ended up in Ireland. I'm not sure if you identify with this, right? (laughs) Maybe you just landed here and you never thought about coming to Ireland. Here you are. We never thought about coming to Ireland. We didn't know much about Ireland when we first came. We knew it was this island in the middle of nowhere. It was very cold and wet all the time. And we knew they spoke English. Or so they told us. (laughs) We knew about the troubles between the Catholics and the Protestants. And there were two kind of countries in a tiny little island. We knew they drove on the other side of the road. And we knew about you too. They're from Ireland, and I was hoping to meet them, but never happened. I tried, I tried, but never happened. And as I was thinking about it, our story and and our journey, and thinking about the purpose of this meeting here today, I thought, you know, what'll be the best topic or the best message to deliver to you guys today? So I thought about it. You know, we're going to talk about the diaspora. Can you say diaspora? So we're going to be talking about the diaspora, which is this theology for the temporary. So maybe you are new here today. Maybe you are being invited to come to this place. And I want to welcome you especially if you're here for the first time or if you're here for the second time. And you don't know much what is happening, what we do, what we do. But you're especially welcome. And I'm going to help you as you're here today to understand what we're all about. And we're going to be talking about theology. Right? A theology for the temporary. And theology, the word theology, is the study of God. So when you see anything about theology, is the study of God. We're going to be looking today at what God has for us at this moment in time. It might be temporary, or it might be actually quite long. And this temporary, or this, this short space of time that you thought would be just for a year, for two, is becoming quite long. You know, we often say that we ended up in Ireland because we need to improve our English. It's true. We ended up here because we need to improve our English. And the plan for my wife and I was to stay in Ireland for one year and one year only. It's been 19 years. I haven't learned English. That's why I'm still here, right? I need to improve. (laughs) But we need to understand God's will for the moment that we're in right now. But whatever you're from... If you're coming to Ireland, if you maybe are getting ready to go somewhere or for however long you intended to be here. I intended to be here for a year. It's been that long. And maybe you're here from a different nation and you have your plan. You are going to be here for this long only and that's it. But whatever long you intended to be here, perhaps it's just for a little while. Perhaps you're not even planned to be here. You didn't ever plan to come to this place. But the truth is that your place here has a divine purpose. Your place here has a divine purpose. I hope we had that on the screen. Hopefully it's going to come soon. You're here now. You're here now. Mm -hmm. And the important thing is the now. Because we come with our expectations to Ireland, we come with our plans, we come thinking this is what is going to happen, but God has a different plan, and that's what we want us to understand today, because He has a purpose for you, and we need to understand right now that He put you here in Ireland for a reason. Maybe you're not staying, right? Maybe you're going away, you're here just for a little while, but that little while has also a purpose. And that's why God placed you here today. But the concept of diaspora, what is that? So in in a short word is the dispersion of people from their homeland. That's what diaspora means. So we all hear the diaspora because we're not in our homeland. Maybe you are from here. And for you, the diaspora is... You were from Donegal, and here you are now in, in Monaghan. Or maybe you are from Cork, and here you are now. So you have being displaced. We all here, if you look around, we're people who have being displaced from our homeland. And here we are now in this place in Monaghan. Maybe that was a choice for you. Maybe you decided one day... I'm going to go on this journey. I'm going to try something new. I'm going to experience something new. And it was your plan to come to Ireland. Maybe it wasn't your plan. You ended up here. And you didn't want to come here. You didn't want to be in this place in the first place. And here you are. Maybe you came and you knew it's going to be temporary. And it's been now four, five, six years. And the plan of yours had changed completely. But here's the big idea of today. Right? Listen to this. Here's this the big idea of today. You did not come here to profit. You did not come here to, po- to profit. But God brought you here on purpose. He brought you here on purpose. And when we take hold of God's purpose for our lives in this moment in time as we have been displaced, God will prosper you. God will prosper you. When we came back, when we came here to Ireland in 2003, our plan, as I said, was to be here for one year and improve our English and then go somewhere else. But in this process, we had to understand that God had a different plan. It wasn't our plan. He had a different plan in mind. And you know what? Things changed and happened in a way that we are here all this long. And you know, the beginning of this year, I was ordained as a pastor in an Irish movement, in an Irish church. An Irish church in Ireland recognized Myself and my wife and all the years of ministry here. And they ordained me. Never planned this way. It was never part of my plan or my dreams. But I started to live in God's purpose for my life. And He developed His plan. And He started to to show to me what He wants. So what we're going to look now, the text of today is in Acts 8. 1 to 8. So if you have your Bible with you, or well, we have it on the screen here right now. And this is the context of this passage. Uh, Stephen, and this chapter before, we see the story of Stephen preaching the gospel to the, the people. Going to different places and talking about Jesus Christ, how he was the Messiah. And people were mad at him. They didn't accept him. They didn't like what he was saying. So much so that at the end of the chapter, they killed him. He was stoned. He was stoned to death. Imagine yourself. And here we are now at the beginning of this chapter. It talks about who was there. And interesting because there was this, this interesting character in the story who was there present uh, seeing the killing of Stephen. Who the only thing he did, and the reason why he was murdered, was to talk about Jesus. Imagine yourself, because he's talking about Jesus, he was killed. And then we see that this person who was there watching everything, and kind of approving everything, is this guy called Saul. Who we know later became Paul, the apostle, but Saul at that time he was completely against of Jesus and completely against of those who followed Christ. So here we are, Acts eight, from verse one, and Saul approved the killing of him, Stephen. So that's what we read here. That Saul he approved the killing of Stephen. So the text continues, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered. Can you say scattered? scattered? Interesting word, right? They were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. That's what happened. Persecution started. That's an interesting thing. The flags. The persecution started after what happened to Stephen. And Saul then approved everything, and things started to change for the church, for the early church. So everybody who followed Christ that day, they were scattered. That means they were misplaced. They were displaced. They were putting out of place. They had to flee. They had to go somewhere. So godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul... Began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them to prison. He made a case to destroy the church of Christ. These people, he dragged out of their homes, out of the places of meeting, and put them in prison. They had no choice. And they were put in prison because they followed Jesus. Not because of anything else. Because they follow Jesus. Because they love Jesus. Because they're talking about Jesus. Paul make a case. Saul make a case. I'm going to take this. I'm going to finish this weird movement about this guy called Jesus. And put them to prison. We continue on verse 4. Those who had been scattered, they preached. Can you say preached? preached? Say it again. Preached. Very good, you're awake. They preached the word whenever they went. So the reason for the persecution was Christ, right? Because they follow and love Christ, they were persecuted. In my understanding, okay, I'm not going to talk about this, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flee, I'm going to go away. But what happened here in this story, we see that they start to proclaim this message because Even though they were persecuted because of the faith they had in Christ, and they were scattered, they started to proclaim God's message, Christ, the gospel. It didn't stop them from preaching. Amazing, isn't it? It didn't stop them from preaching at all. So Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Remember, The Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't really like each other. They didn't talk to each other. But Philip understood there was a a purpose for him, for everything that was happening. So he went to the region of Samaria, and he started to proclaim about the Messiah. He started to talk about it. And then we see what happened when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed. They all paid close attention to what he said. Who? what is this? Because the Samaritans, they knew the Messiah was promised. They knew the Messiah was about to come. And when the Messiah came, it would change everything. And then Philip comes and starts to talk about it and starts to show signs and wonders. And they start to pay attention to what he said. In verse 7, For unclean spirits, crying out with loud voice, came out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed signs and wonders start to be performed not only proclaimed with words but he starts to proclaim with deeds as well with actions and people start to respond in verse 8 we see so there was a great joy in that city whatever the gospel is proclaimed guys whatever the gospel gets into there is celebration That is joy. Amen? Amen. When the true gospel is announced, the only response is gladness, celebration, joy. And this is what we see it here. When people heard and they, they saw this gospel in action, they had to respond. When people see the gospel in action and the gospel being proclaimed, the only response is, I need that. I need to go towards Christ. So if you follow Jesus today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ here today, God has a purpose for you here in Ireland. Amen? If you follow Jesus, if you love Him, and you are here in Ireland now, He has a purpose for you. And I just want to have a, a parenthesis here to talk about followers versus believers. Because you can be a believer of Jesus Christ and never follow Him. You can believe in everything, but that doesn't make any difference in your life. The moment you start to follow Christ, that you start to do things of Christ, and you let Him dwell in your life, and you become a true disciples. Amen. That's when things start to change. Yes. So if you follow Him, if you let His Word and His teachings rule and guide your life, He has a purpose for you. But perhaps you're here and you don't follow Jesus yet. You've heard of Him. You even believe in Him. But you're not yet following Him. I tell you, God has a plan for you today. That's why you're here. God has a plan for you today. That's why you're here. You're very close to Him. And He wants you to be fully immersed in Him. That's why you are here. But I want to talk now about four principles... For the diaspora. Four principles for those like us here from many nations, perhaps even from Ireland, but from different places that are being displaced, that are being moved. There are four principles as we look at this passage that we need to pay attention to. Number one, God's people, they were persecuted. Can you say it? Persecuted. Persecuted. So we see in the story today that God's people, they were persecuted so God's people were persecuted God does not cause persecution we need to say that he does not cause persecution but God he uses he used persecution for his kingdom for your life he used it whatever you're going through right now whatever challenges you face he's gonna use it you know I travel Ireland so much And not always we were welcomed. Many times they threw eggs uh, on us, at us. And we were even stoned a couple of times. And we had windows of our double-decker bus broken. We had people mocking us. At one stage, I started to receive phone calls threatening me here in Ireland. And all because I was preaching the gospel to the children and the young adults there. And it was so bad that I had to go to the guards and say, you know, this is happening. There's weird phone calls and text messages. But I could have just gave up. I just could say, you know, that's not worth it. I- I'm just going to be involved in this, this little community here. I'm not going to go anywhere else in Ireland because it's tough. Because it's hard. But you know what? We carry on. Because we understood that God brought us here for a, pur- a purpose. It wasn't our plan, but it was His plan. And we, we continue developing what God called us to do. We continue to preach. And I remember one day in 2004, I was in town of Carlo. Anybody knows what Carlo is down in the country? Yes, lovely place. And we had the double-decker bus there. And a, a lot of uh, young boys, 10-year-old boys came in on the bus. And they came in because they want to mess around with the Christians. But they didn't mess around with us because we loved them. We received them. We welcomed them. And those boys heard the gospel for the first time on the big red bus, And they've never been welcomed and loved the way they were. They were from a very rough background. And this one 10-year-old boy started a journey, a journey of faith. And now he's a pastor in Avon. He's 28 years old. And God brought him in this journey. And he's now leading a church. What would it be like if I had gave up, right? I know there is a reason. There is persecution, but there is a plan. Whatever the reason for why you were here. Maybe you came over to Ireland to try a new life. To get money so you could buy a house back in your home country. To have money to help your family in your home country. You came over here to learn English. Or perhaps you didn't even want to come here, but because you're fleeing from your country, you ended up here. I don't know. What is the reason why you are here? You do. But whatever the reason might be, God wants to use you for His glory. Amen. Would you believe that? Amen. Would you believe that today, that He wants to use you for His glory? The focus is not to here and the now but the eternity because this way we're going to be used by God the impact of what He's going to do through you is for eternity it's there in glory when we see the impact of what God did to your life when you place yourself and you make yourself available to Him in Romans 8 28 we read this and we know that all things all things God works for the good For those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things work for the good. Even the challenges that you might be facing right now. It might be unemployment. It might be housing. It might be the language. You can't speak this language. Whatever challenge that is that you're facing now, you know that all things work for the good. But there is something. Those who love him because you can try to take hold of this verse but if you don't love him oh if you don't love jesus nothing's gonna work but if you love him all things are gonna work for good and then the good that is gonna work is to do with his purpose not yours it's not that oh now i'm gonna get everything i wanted no we're gonna get everything that he wants Amen? Amen. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no testing has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Amen? Amen? God is faithful. He will not let you to be tested beyond what you can bear. But when you are tested, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Tests happened for us to learn and to grow. You see happen in school, you know. They're constantly being tested. But there are tests that happen in our life that test our faith, our obedience to God, our obedience to His Word. And those things that happen, they can help us grow. They can help us get closer to God. They can help us learn something new about Him. Help us trust Him more. And you might think, how, Junior? It's too hard. It's too complicated. Well, the thing is, if you do it on your own, and if you do it without understanding what God's purpose is for you, it's going to be hard. But when you go to the Word of God, when you take the Bible, which is God's spoken words to us, and you start to apply that in your life, things will be easier. Things will be easier. We need God's Word. We need the Word of God not only in a shelf like over there, but we need it here. We need to read it. We need to memorize it. We need to meditate in His Word. We need to to study His Word. And you have the opportunity here to come for the Bible study, right? To study the Word of God. What this Word of God has to do with me now, today, here in Ireland. Only if you study, you'll understand. The Christian author, Ed Lewis, he put it this way. Knowledge of God's word is bulwark. Against deception, temptation, accusation, even persecution. It's useful. It's useful. If you know God's word, you memorize it, you can use against all of those things. And when tough times come, because they will come, you're going to be rooted in His Word. And then you're not going to be moved. You're going to be able to stand and face the persecution that is happening. Amen. Now, next point here. God's people, they were propagated. It's an interesting word. They were propagated. They were sent out everywhere. As a result of this persecution that we see that happened, they were scattered throughout the Homo Roman world. They were put in, in many places. they were scattered around. We read here in P- First Peter 1 1 to 2, I Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect exiles, scattered through the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according, to the foreknowledge of God the Father. He's addressing the people who are misplaced. Who are putting in different countries like us here, right? Here's the reality for you and for me. We come from a different nation. All of a sudden we're here in Ireland. Different culture, different language, different style of life. And you might end up here not because of persecution. But God brought you here because he has a purpose for you. We see in the map here. The different places that God's people ended up going. They ended up going everywhere. So, so Israel uh, is down here. And they start to be spread around what was the all-known countries at that time. So the image that I want us to see now. Imagine if you have a campfire. And there's a picture of the campfire there. And you start to stamp out the fire. And then you see the little bit of uh, uh, flames and, f- and starting to go different places, Right? So you see the embers being pushed around. And instead of uh, putting down the fire, what happened? Started to spread. It started to catch in other places. So that little bit of sparkle of fire went into somewhere else. And it started to catch fire there. And went somewhere else and started to catch fire there. That is what started to happen when the persecution of the early church began. And I believe it can happen today still. The Romans, they thought they were putting down the fire. They're stopping the spread of this church. Or the, the growth of this, this movement of those who follow Christ. But you know, when, when Christians are scattered, the fire spread. When Christians are scattered, the fire starts to spread. Because then you go to any country and you start to see churches. And you start to see cell groups, and you start to see groups of people praising and praying. And when I arrived in Ireland so many years ago, that wasn't the case. There weren't that many foreigners in Donegal, at least. And there weren't many churches, many things happened. But then God started to bring His people to Ireland, and things started to change. The atmosphere in Ireland started to change. The groups started to change. You start to see more churches coming, more things happening. In First Peter 2, 1, he continued to address, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. This urge from him for those who are misplaced, who are foreigners in the country, who are exiled. We must realize, we must realize that we now, we have a new identity. Because you come here, you might think about it, you know, I'm Lithuanian, I'm Romanian, I'm Brazilian, I'm Nigerian. What else? What are the nations we have here? Shout it out, your nation. Irish. Yes, we have Irish people. Angola, Angola Portugal, Italy. What else? Malawi. Malawi, Macau, South Africa, Honduras, Australia. Well, you've come from far, right? <laughs> you think you guys are coming from, but you come from Australia. Look at that. We think this is where we're from, and this is our identity, this is our culture, but the reality is right now, as we're scattered, as we are fo- uh, foreigners in this land, as we're exiled, we actually have a new identity, and our identity is not found on our kingship anymore, but it's found on God's kingdom. It's not found on our kingship, it's not because I'm Brazilian that everything I am, everything I do is in a Brazilian way. Because I belong to the kingdom of God. Now my identity, my reality is the reality of the kingdom of God. In John 1, 12, we read this way. But to all who believed in him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God of god all those who believe in christ jesus all those who accept his sacrifice on the cross we receive this new identity you're not lost anymore you're now a children of god you're part of his kingdom you belong to him you can be involved in the things of his kingdom now that is the reality that you and i need to look and consider today what is our identity now Number three, God's people, they preached. God's people, they preached. preached. Whatever God's place has a place for you, whatever place He has for you, He has put you here to preach and to preach the good news. It's not because you're going to be a preacher. You're not going to be a pastor or a missionary like me. But you can be a witness of what he has done in your life, what he's doing in your life, what he represents for you, what is actually his word in your life like. And he has put you in different places that Marcia and I cannot go. Because you're in a different school. You have a different neighborhood. You have a different workplace. You have a different different type of club around you, an online group that only you have. That I cannot go and preach. And now you cannot be waiting for me or for for Pastor Marcy to go and do the job to preach the good news. Because God has given you the place and you are the one who needs to preach. You're the one who needs to talk about it. You see, the people were scattered. That didn't prevent them because of the persecution to talk about Jesus Christ, he started to preach, and things started to happen, things started to change. God could have chosen any other way to have his message going forward here in Ireland. Any other way. He could have used angels, he could have used anything. But he decided to use people like you, like me, to be a witness of his love, his goodness. Of his forgiveness, his acceptance, his wonderful message. He decided to use you, and he removed you from your home country, from your home county, for those who are not from Ireland, from your neighborhood, maybe you're not a neighborhood now. He misplaced you because now you know him and you love him and you follow him, and he wants to use you in this new place, as you're exiled, as you've been displaced. He wants to use you there for His purpose. In Matthew 28, a well-known verse we read here, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Here we are, all nations together, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'll be always with you to the end of the ages. Well, in order for us to to preach, we need to know the language as well, right? It's very hard to come here to Ireland and try to preach the good news if you don't speak English. I remember having this moment while I was here. It was so hard for me to learn English. And I was always a horrible English student in Brazil. Horrible. And, and, And I was praying like, God, help me. God, help me learn the language. Help me worship you in English. Help me, help me uh, um, preach in English. Help me pray in English. And I couldn't. And it was hard. Till one day, the Lord had a revelation for my life. He turned around and showed me, stop praying in Portuguese. Stop reading your Brazilian Bible. Stop talking about in Portuguese and talking English. Yeah. But I, I don't know how. It's going to be horrible. And God told me, I understand you. Just do it. Then I put my Brazilian Bible away, and I'm not using it anymore. I use the English Bible. When I have to say something in Portuguese or preach in Portuguese, it's hard. <laughs> right? It's hard. But that started a process in my life that I had to understand that I was called to Ireland to reach people here in Ireland. I could not just be speaking Portuguese. And maybe this is something for you here today that God is telling you. Then you might need to put away your Bible in your own language. Whatever that language is. And you might need to start taking the English Bible like, I don't understand, but you will. And you pray, God, help me understand your word. Help me pray in English. Help me worship you in English. Because in this way, you're going to develop the language. You'll be able to then reach out to the people of Ireland. It's so easy for us to get involved in our culture bubbles, isn't it? Walk with Brazilians. It's so nice. Brazilian food is great. You know, walk with our our own group that that they understand us. They know the heart. They know what we mean. It is much, much more difficult when you have to come out of your comfort zone. And you have to reach out to the people that you don't know much about it. In Acts 1.8. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is promised to us. And all those who profess Christ, who follow Christ, that promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. And He's going to come on you, and all, always when the Holy Spirit comes... It's not for ourselves. It's because God wants to do something. When the Holy Spirit comes, it's because we are going to be used to touch people's lives. You look through Scripture, that's what happened. The Holy Spirit comes, people start to hear the good news. People start to preach. People start to be healed. People start to be transformed. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's to be His witness. Nothing else. You receive the Holy Spirit to be His Witness, can you say it with me, his witness? Oh, I can't preach, but you can testify what he's done in your life. Amen. You can testify who he is for you. Oh. You be his witness to the end of the earth. I was thinking about this this, this little bit because maybe for you, Ireland is the end of the world, right? The end of the earth here. In fact, for the Romans at that time, Ireland was considered the end of their world. They had even a special way of saying it. This land is like a forgotten land. That's how the Romans used to say about Ireland. Nobody wants to come here. And here we are. For a long and long time, and it's part of the Irish history, the Irish left Ireland to go somewhere else, to try life somewhere else. And now, in this past 15, 20 years, the nations are coming to Ireland. And some of the people are choosing to actually come here, right, and do their lives here. And God is moving his people and bringing people here to Ireland, a place forgotten that no one wants to be. Here's the reality we see in 2 Corinthians uh, in chapter 5. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We employ you. On behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Two realities here that now you and I, we have a new job, a new task. When we are in Christ Jesus, we become ambassadors of Christ. That means we represent Christ anywhere we go. So when you have an ambassador of a country, the place that the ambassador is and the embassy is actually the country. Do you know that? So if you go to your embassy, like For me in Brazil, if I go to the Brazilian embassy in Dublin, that is Brazil. When I step inside that place, that building, that area is Brazil. All the laws, everything, all Brazil will be valid in there. So when you realize that you become God's ambassador, you are representing Christ everywhere you go. Is a bit of God's kingdom in that place represented. It's a bit of God's kingdom going and being in that area. So the, the power and the, the laws of the kingdom of God, they're present wherever you go. Because you now have the new, this new task. And as we talk, see, see here that we, we are doing a task of imploring, of urging, of convincing people the need of being reconciled. With God. And reconciliation only happens because of Christ dying on the cross. Because of his sacrifice for you and for me. And when we get this, that we were once separated from Christ, from God. And because of Christ, we can be united, reconciled with him. We need to tell this message to other people. We cannot keep it for ourselves. We need to go and tell others. Come on, you can also receive this. So does Ireland need to hear the message? Here's a few things for us to, to look in terms of Ireland. Ireland, the land of saints and scholars. If you don't know, that's how Ireland used to, it used to be known, or it still is. Because there are so many uh, people uh, from Ireland being sent out to preach the gospel back in the days. A lot of people who wrote books, many, many books, and Ireland was known because of all of these scholars, all of these people who went out there. But now we have about in Ireland thirty to 50,000 Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, people who really follow Christ. That's about thirty to 50,000. About two hundred to 300 evangelical churches in Ireland. Evangelical churches, people who take the, the Word of God... The Bible, and they understand being authority and only that. So when we see this reality, we realize that Ireland actually is the most unreached English-speaking country in the world. There's less than one percent of the population of Ireland who say, who claim to be evangelicals, less than one percent. And then God bring you here, God bring you to Ireland. I really believe in my heart that the Irish have not rejected the gospel. But the Irish actually never heard it. They've never heard the true gospel being proclaimed here in this nation. They've heard about religion. And religion has caused a lot of trouble, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt in this nation. We need to realize that and acknowledge that. But the gospel of Christ, the freedom we get in this gospel, the truth of this gospel, they've never heard. There is a saying I've learned here, that the Irish, they don't care about what you believe until they believe that you care. Because we can come here and start to preach and say, hey, you need to repent. Hey, you're a sinner. Hey, and they're like, hey, 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 hey what do what, I mean? you mean? You're coming to point a finger to me? Do you really care about me? When you show in practical ways that you care for them that you love them, that you care for their family, that you care for their well-being, they will be much more open to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. They'll be much more open. You know, it takes effort. It takes time for you to develop good friendship and relationship with the Irish people here. But if we just around ourselves in our own little bubbles and communities and we never get out, we never speak the language, we never talk to them about the good news that we have received once, how would they know? How would they respond if we don't proclaim? God brought you here to proclaim the good news. And final, God's people, they prospered. God's people, they prospered. God brought you here on purpose, and when you take hold of His purpose for your life, you will prosper here. Amen? If you take hold of God's purpose, not yours, but God's purpose for your life, you will prosper. We see what happened in the early church in Acts 2. Every day, the Christians, they continued to meet together in in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praying to God and enjoying the favor of all people. And God added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were living for God They were being a witness in their community. They were not just uh, um, isolating themselves, but everyone could see this community of faith living in a way that was so different, so honoring, so life-giving. And people were drawn to this. What is happening? It's because we love Jesus. It's because we follow Him. And they start to come, and then the Lord starts to add to their numbers. What kind of impact this community is making? our community of faith is making here in this town in our villages in our neighborhoods what kind of impact because yes it is true words but it's also true deeds that we proclaim that we witness right and paul the apostle then he he said in first corinthians that he had become all things to all people that by all means possible he may gain some we need to become like those around us. Not be doing what they do, but identify ourselves with them. You know, eat their food. Yes, I know we love our own cultural food, our, co- our comfort food from our home country. But sit down with them to have some spuds and cabbage. <laughs> right? Yeah. To have a nice cup of tea. Did you know the best, the best Lamb dishes in the world are from Ireland. The best lamb dishes in the world are from Ireland. Have you ever tried? You should. You should. Yes, you know, we come from different nations and the truth is we bring color to Ireland. We bring our foods, we bring our styles, our music, our dance. But it's not to impose on them, but to share with them. And then we learn what is important to them. We learn what is in their heart. And we start to communicate things that we speak into their heart. That we talk to them and they're going to listen to us. Not because we're imposing what we do. You know? We need to become like Irish. We need to turn around and say, you know what? I am from Brazil, but I'm the new Irish. I have this funny accent here, but you know what? I'm the new Irish. And the truth is that maybe most of you here have new Irish in your family. Because our children who are born here, they're not from our home country. They're the new Irish. The white Irish, red hair, that's not the reality anymore. Because you now have the new Irish with dark skin. With, with nice curly hairs. Who are taller than Before. But they speak so much. Look at the no hair. Sorry, I didn't want to point, but uh. <laughs> but taller than before. We're the new Irish. We identify with them. When you take hold of God's purpose, He will prosper you. You might be all familiar with this verse from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God's plans is to give us a hope and a future. And sometimes we take this, this verse and we take hold of this and like, Lord, you have a plan for me and I know it's a good plan and I want to take it for my life. But what is the context of this verse, Right. Because if you take a, a verse out of context, there is confusion. But here it is. The context of this verse we see in Jeremiah 29, started in verse 4. Look at this. Look at what happened. Maybe it's a word for you here. Pay attention. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, say to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, from Brazil to Ireland, from Nigeria to Ireland. From Portugal to Ireland, from okay, you get that? Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they may too have sons and daughters, increase in number, do not decrease also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because it it prospers and it will prosper you as well. What is our commitment to this land? Do you think you're just here for a moment and you're coming and going? You're taking everything you can out of this land and you're going to go? If you love Christ Jesus. He has a plan for you. He wants you to take root here and to make the difference in this land. And have your family making the difference in this land. And if you're from Ireland and you've been placed here in Monaghan, it's the same for you. He has a purpose for you to be here. And He wants you to take this purpose. And you want to be committed to this community, to this land, to do things that will Bring people to Him. Not to our church, not to our community, not to our gatherings, but bring people to Him. This multinational New Irish land that we see developed and growing around us. It's so amazing. We bring tradition. We bring our, our songs. We bring everything. And we, we learn about the history so, so vast and wonderful of this land. The gospel being here way before our countries were formed, guys. But because religion was imposed to the Irish, they have rejected. And rightful so. So many confusions, so many hurts. They need to know, because of our witness, the truth of the gospel. That they are loved. That Jesus has a plan and a purpose for their lives. That he died for them so they can have A new life, a new identity, a new purpose. So here's the conclusion of today. You did not come here to Ireland to profit, but God brought you here on purpose. And when you take hold of this purpose that God has for you, you will prosper. And your family will prosper as well. There is a plan and a purpose for you here right now the nation's coming to ireland to make the difference so let's close our eyes as we come to the end of this this challenge and i pray it will be a challenge for you it will be something that you're going to reflect and you're going to think about it where are you right now in, in in your moment of life are you still struggling the fact that you're in ireland are you still struggling the fact that God has moved you from where you were to here? Or are you still thinking that your plans here in Ireland right now is to prosper so you can get out of here as soon as possible? Or do you understand today that God brought you here so He can use you to proclaim Him in this nation? To be a witness to Him in this nation? Where are you today? How are you going to respond to God's message today? To this purpose for your life today? Or maybe you don't even know Christ. You don't follow him. And you're here today because someone invited you. And you're like, well, I I don't know about all of this, Junior, but uh, does he have a purpose for me as well? Yes, He misplaced you from your house, brought you here to this room today, so you could hear that He loves you, that He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life much bigger than you can imagine. So what you need to do today is receive Him. Receive Christ today and say, Lord, I want to experience this. I want to to understand and know your purpose for my life today. So I'm not misplaced only, I'm not just lost. Speak, Lord Jesus, right now. You know exactly where you are in this scenario, how you're responding. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you so much for your word. That is so true, so inspiring, so much of a reality of who we are in you and how much you love us. I thank you, Lord, for bringing the nations to Ireland, for bringing people who love you, who follow you into Ireland, so the Irish people can see what the gospel is like in words and action. So help us, Lord, as we are from so many nationalities, from many nations. Help us to to proclaim you with our words, with our actions. To live in such a way that it will honor you. That our family will be a testimony in our neighborhood. That our work and our work ethics will be a testimony where we go. The way we study and we get involved in our schools and with our friends will be a testimony as well of how much we love you. That people will be intrigued and they will pay attention to the message we have to share. And the message we share is not about us, but it's about you. Of what you've done for us. Of how you've been so faithful to us. How your promises are so real to us. And Lord, I pray if anyone here today are far away from you, that they will today decide to come closer to you. That they will take steps today towards you right now, I pray, Lord. And say, you know, I want to experience God's purpose in my life. Not religion, but a real relationship with Jesus. I want to be a follower of Christ. So I pray for people to respond, and the way we respond to this message will impact the town of Monaghan, will impact Ireland, little flames being pushed around and landing here in Ireland. And those flames catching on fire in the different places, in different counties, in the different villages. The nations gather together, Lord, in this land, loving you, worshiping you, following you, and telling everyone and anyone, come on, follow me because I follow Christ. Come on, follow me because I know the way, I know the truth. And I know the one who gives life. Bless each one here, Lord. That all our plans, all our dreams will be placed in your hands. And we're gonna live in a way that <coughs> honor you, trust you, and is fulfilling of your promises and your purpose for us. In your name, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys so much. God bless you.